0: Welcome in Braves Bravestoday, Bravestoday.com. He is Lindsey Crosby. I'm Ben Taylor. It's all brought to you by Active Wealth Management. You can go to annuity360.net for your free book. Lindsey, everything being thrown around off-season, winter meetings well on their way. I don't know if you knew that or not, if winter meetings were coming up. that has <laughs> uh, been questioned uh, via our, our Twitter account. Um, one of the big things that you and I have discussed off uh, uh, off the off the air a little bit, does the 40-man roster matter? Because that seems to be everything that gets thrown back in either our face or on other pods slash other websites slash other takes and beat writers. And everybody goes, well, what about the 40-man roster? And I'm sitting there going, well, all 40 of them are not going to play at one time. All right, let's just keep that in mind. And yeah. so when you got – we said this in one of the previous pods – You've got basically three MVP candidates, one of which won the MVP, coming back on the infield, two of which and uh, you know, pretty good third baseman, pretty good first baseman, hell of a right fielder. Um I don't know that the 40-man roster, I think people are looking over big picture. Like the whole thing you can't see the forest for the trees. I think that's exactly what's taking place
1: here. Yeah, the 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 thing to remember about the 40-man roster is a prospect or a minor leaguer has to be on that to play in the major leagues, but that's not who's in your dugout every day. It's the 26 man roster. And Mm -hmm. I wrote a piece the other day that kind of talked about the Braves. Like it's kind of starting to feel a little bit, and this is very premature, but starting to feel a little bit like maybe the Braves are prepared to just run it back. And I don't think it's a bad thing. And somebody's like, you've got 10 open spots on the 40 man roster. And it's like, well, yeah, but how many open spots are on the 26-man roster when you make the lineup for spring training? Because the 40-man roster ultimately doesn't matter. You cleared out some guys who are going to be making more than they were probably worth. You got rid of some of your high-minors guys who have not produced and weren't really, in your opinion, going to do anything, and you're going to replace those with probably cheaper guys and give some younger prospects a chance to move up, but... The 40-man roster doesn't matter. Atlanta's 26-man roster, that is what you will play with day in, day out in Atlanta. And it is, for the most part, with the exception of some changes in the bullpen, it is, for the most part, unchanged. It is the same team that you ended the regular season with, uh, minus Eddie Rosario on the position player side, minus Kevin Pillar. And then, in the bullpen, you swap some guys out for some other guys. That's it. And so, to me... You are, by the nature of all of the long-term deals you have, you are, in essence, running it back every year. You are not making any major changes to this team. You're just trying to improve on the margins, trying to give yourself more options in the rotation, and the bullpen, whatever it might be. And so, like, stop focusing on the 40-man roster, everybody. The 40-man roster doesn't necessarily matter. The fact that you have open spots means you can afford to sign some guys. Great. But... The 26 man roster is what's going to actually matter. And most of that is intact.
0: It's funny because there was, um, you know, one person that uh, DM me and they said, listen, he said, you know, we need three pitchers as well as a solid left fielder. And of course, my response with that was, what are you talking about? We have three starting pitchers. <laughs> and <laughs> and when's the last time since Ryan Klesko that we've had a regular left fielder where we haven't had to platoon somebody or move somebody up and down and you got one one guy, you, you switch them back and forth between a right-handed bat and a left-handed bat, and that's just kind of been the thing that's taken place with Atlanta. So, again, when you get back to that 26, it's like you said, it's pretty much the core that's coming back that, was successful for the Braves in the 90s and the early 2000s, was successful for the Yankees in the American League. Whatever, they did. Everybody always made fun of the, the Yankees paying a bunch of people to come play for them. They'd pay one guy. The rest of them were there. Now, they got paid a lot of money because Steinbrenner was willing to pay the luxury tax and he was willing to do anything he could to win a championship. But still, the core was always there. It was mm-hmm. that same names that you always knew sitting in the dugout. And that's what the Braves seem to be trying to do.
1: Yeah, I mean it's it's it and it's it's the way to build a roster. Like it's the way you want the organization to work. You should want it to work like this. You have a bunch of guys locked into long term deals that are affordable. Nobody's making over twenty two million dollars in any year, and you can afford to go out and supplement when you can find the right player at the right price in free agency. They went out and got Charlie Morton, uh, you know, now three off seasons ago. They went out and traded for Matt Olson. They went out and traded for Sean Murphy, like supplementing with guys here and there as you need to. But the core of this team is intact for the next five, six, seven years. And i jumping ahead a little bit here. Part of my resistance to some of the calls to make these big swings of trades for big names that everybody wants is you're going to have to give up prospects that you're going to need to supplement that core. And it's like, look at the long-term perspective. This team as currently constructed is going to be in the postseason, barring catastrophic injury Mm. just about every year for the next half decade. And so if you take, take away too many prospects and too many players out of your system, you run the risk of hurting those future teams just to try to give yourself a 2% better chance to win next year. And so I'm, If you could find the right deal in free agency, great. I think Aaron Nola would have been the right deal if you could have done it. I don't think Sonny Gray would have been the deal for that cost. I don't think Blake Snell is going to be the right deal for the money he's going to make. And it's just everybody wants a big splash. And I think you should be understanding that if a big splash doesn't happen, it's not the end of the world.
0: Speaking of Big Splash, as well as money in general, I would advise you to go to Active Wealth Management, go to annuity360.net for your free book. Ford Stokes, fiduciary and sound financial advisor, also contributor to Forbes.com. Yes, that Forbes that you all know and love writes articles for Forbes, does the author of Annuity 360 that we talk about all the time, and you can get that free book by going to annuity360.net and make sure you tell Ford we said hello when you enter all that information that need be. All right, so Names being thrown around right now. I'll just throw some at you. They've talked about Jorge Soler coming in. That still would be a platoon guy. I don't think he's an everyday guy. Uh, Corbin Burns, which would be a possible trade that would take place. Probably still going to have to give up too much in order to make that happen. Um, Dylan Cease. We've mentioned that name before. However... There's a high price that comes along with that, and the Braves would not be the only team interested in Cease. Cease does not want to be in Chicago, so he's looking to head somewhere, (laughs) and there's about five other people in line in order to get that name. So what what are some realistic expectations of all these names that are being thrown around at this point?
1: I think the thing that everybody struggles with on these trades is – Yes, Atlanta would love to add a Corbin Burns to the rotation, to add a Dylan Cease to the rotation, to add some of these guys. They're great players. The issue you have is you're not negotiating with the White Sox, with the Brewers, whoever, in a vacuum. Right. You're negotiating against other teams. And there are many other teams who are in these same markets who have more prospect capital, better prospects, more prospects. And so... It feels like if you're going to make these deals, you're going to have to overpay. Everybody talks about you're going to have to give up one of A.J. smith shaver or Hurston Waldrop and then more pieces to get uh, Dylan Cease. Mm-hmm. I'm not convinced that they're not going to try to get both, that they're not going to want both of those guys, both of your top pitching prospects, mm-hmm. plus another top five pitching prospect and another top 10 player because it's not just you. It's you versus the Dodgers who have a top five farm system and have a ton of pitchers and several position players who are blocked, who they are actively shopping. It's the Orioles who have a top five farm system who are looking to trade. And so you have to remember, in a, like, it's not just you matching up with the White Sox. You match it with the Brewers in a vacuum. It's you versus those other teams. Your package has to be more appealing and because Atlanta doesn't have the the quantity of prospects, mm-hmm. you have to throw in quality, multiple of your top best prospects, and I it just feels like that's a bad decision because even in the case of a Dylan Cease, you in two years as a Scott Boris client, he's going to go to free agency, and you may be able to re-sign him, you may not, but you have to give up significant future pieces for a short term acquisition in this case two seasons versus one and no guarantee that you can keep him. If you told me you were going to extend him and he had an extension in place with the trade, that's one thing. But Scott Boris client, when's it going to do that?
0: When it comes to trades, I mean, is that something that Anthopolis is doing is he's doing what he's done the last couple of years and he may be hunting for some person. Cease seems to be that guy that's a little unhappy where he is. He's just going to cost too much. He's not going to be like it was for Olsen or like it was for Murphy to be able to grab somebody like that. But is he he got feelers on the ground looking for that unhappy player that may be in a miserable atmosphere such as the Oakland Athletics (laughs) that that you would do anything
1: to get out and then perform once they get to the Braves it feels like some of the trades that he's made already have been guys like that Aaron Mm -hmm. Bummer with the White Sox is a good pitcher who as that team got worse his numbers got worse and worse but at its core, he's a good pitcher. And Atlanta identified, hey, we can go out and get him, put him in a better environment. Look at all the trades we've made with places like Kansas City, with Colorado, even with like the Angels, organizations that that haven't been as successful as they hoped. And it's tough to play there for various reasons. We've gone back to those wells multiple times. I think we've kind of figured out, Hey, we can go grab a guy from there. He's going to perform better for us, and he's probably going to be happier. In the case of the two Oakland guys, they were so happy to be with a competent organization, they signed extensions virtually right away. And Mm. that's, you technically can't discuss the extension with the player until you have an agreement with the team. But there is, I'm sure there's ways to find out, to have, you know, to talk to somebody who can talk to somebody who can talk to somebody to say, yes they'd be interested in doing that if you wanted to go out and get them. So I'm sure it happens. I'm not accusing anybody of anything wrong, uh, but Atlanta seems to understand we can go get guys from certain places. They're going to be happier here and they're going to perform better here. I'm going to throw
0: one more name at you before we get out of here. Hunter Renfro article up on Braves today, uh, talking about Hunter Renfro a little bit. Uh, the key thing with that is uh, free agent. Am I right? Is he uh, Hunter Renfro is however, a little older along in the tooth. And uh, he's coming off a year where I think he made well over $10 million. So I don't know that that's something that Atlanta would look at unless he is miserable and wanting to take (laughs) a giant pay cut to come play for a winner.
1: Now, it's entirely possible that Hunter Renfro is looking for stability. I mean, going into his age 32 year, he signed a deal with Boston uh, prior to 2021 and then just kept getting traded, kept getting moved. So he's played with six different organizations in the last four seasons, uh, including getting cu- uh, released by the Angels the end of August, uh, trying to save some money and mm. picking up with the Reds. So it's possible he wants some stability, but it's kind of the same thing of what you had with Eddie Rosario. You had a, you had a lower 30s, high strikeout slugger that you could stick in left field. In this case, I think... His arms better than Rosario's. He has the potential to be a little bit better defensively than Rosario, uh, but it's a similar situation. And you let Rosario go because you didn't want to spend nine million dollars. If Renfro is willing to take a smaller deal because he wants some stability, I could see something like that. I think Bleacher Report was more so kind of just looking for someone to stick in there. I don't know if they have any intel on that. Mm-hmm. I could see it. It's not. I don't think it's a significantly huge. Thing, but it would be nice to have a veteran outfielder who could sit there and maybe give some mentorship to Von Grissom. And you and I have talked
0: about it. It, it With Rosario being gone and the, that number being right at 9 million, it just makes zero sense to bring somebody else in at 9 million. Then yeah. you're sitting there going, Well, why did you let a guy that's already familiar with the clubhouse walk out the door, a lefty walk out the door, uh, when you could have just kept that? So I don't know that he goes from 10 plus million down to six or five.
1: Yeah. yeah. It, it was an arbitration award for i think 11 and change. One thing i did notice though when i was looking up Hunter Renfro, he's from Mississippi. Okay. So we know how that sometimes that ends up being a factor for the Braves because they are the team of the southeast and Braves country is wide-ranging. Austin Riley's a Mississippi boy. It's entirely possible somebody who grew up in Crystal Springs, Mississippi may want to sign with the Atlanta Braves. Who knows? So there is a caveat there. He was a he was three years old when we won the 90, the 95 World Series. So, you know, maybe he does that.
0: Well, that's that's also an issue. Three-year-old and 95. That's why you're talking about low 30s right now and <laughs> uh, getting along in the suit. So uh, he is Lindsey Crosby. I'm Ben Taylor. It's all been brought to you by Active Wealth Management. Go to annuity360.net for your free book. Tell Ford we said hello. Lindsey, as always, brother, I greatly appreciate it.
1: Thanks, buddy.